Welcome to Stories from Among the Stars. You're listening to A Psalm for the Wild Built by Becky Chambers. Chapter 5 Remnants The thing about crumbling roads was that some of the crumbled spots had edges, and some of those edges were sharp. The wagon had been built for plenty of wear and tear, but there was only so much it could do against four days' worth of jagged concrete. This was how Dex found themselves digging through the wagon's storage cubbies in a panic, trying to find the roll of patch tape that might, might, stop the freshwater tank from purging itself through the hole torn by the uncaring road. You might want to hurry, called Moss Cap from outside. I'm fucking hurrying, Dex yelled, throwing their stuff this way and that. God's around, where was the damn tape? I mean, it could be worse, Mosscap replied in a chipper tone. It could have been the gray water tank. Dex ignored the robot in favor of their rising hackles. They found scissors, no. Soap, no. Worn socks they thought they'd recycled, no. Plant food, no, no, no. And then, blessedly, yes, the tape. Dex darted back to the puddle in the road, which had grown distressingly larger in a mere minute or two. Mosscap was kneeling on the ground beside the ruptured tank, metal hands pressed against the hole, stemming the tide with middling success. Dex ripped off a length of the heavy cellulose strip and slid themselves into the puddle. A gush of water drenched them both as Mosscap removed its hands from the tank, but Dex quickly got to patching. Mosscap watched Dex work. Might it go faster if I tear while you stick? Dex bristled at the idea of Mosscap's help, but as the water poured steadily over their arms, they saw little choice. Fine, they said, tossing Mosscap the roll. Mosscap pulled out a length of tape and, with immense concentration, tore the strip free. Ha, it said, remembering after a second to actually hand the strip over. Oh, That's quite satisfying, isn't it? It tore another strip, and another, and another, hastening with enthusiasm. I'm so glad you're enjoying this, Dex grumbled. The puddle had soaked through their pants, and they could feel their underwear begin to cling to their skin. But with Mosscap's assistance, the patching went swiftly, and soon, the water held fast behind the bandage. What little remained of the water, anyway... Dex looked in despair at the precious liquid creeping ever farther out on the road. Impossible to recollect. It's all right, sibling Dex, Mosscap said. How is this all right? Dex asked. I need... Wait, are you okay? They looked with concern at the robot, the metal, circuit-filled robot, dripping wet beside them. Oh, yes, I'm completely waterproof, Mosscap said. Couldn't visit Lake Rays if I wasn't, could I? Dex could only guess at what that meant. But they were too preoccupied to chase that particular thread. They looked back at the water gauge on the side of the tank. Only about a third of their supply was left, and everything in the gray water tank had already been filtered back. Dex moaned in frustration. They could keep themselves hydrated with that amount, but not much else. How do you refill it? Mosscap asked. Stick a hose in it at a village. Ah, yeah. They sat in silence, 
decks brooding as Mosscap watched a pine weasel leap from a nearby branch. Well then, Mosscap said brightly, moving with purpose. It lay down on the soaked asphalt, getting a good look under the wagon. Ah, this is quite simple, it said. What is, Dex asked. Just a moment. Mosscap began fussing with something. Before Dex fully registered what was going on, there was a clank, a rustle, and a thud. What are you? Mosscap stood, hefting the now-detached tank over its shoulder with one arm. The water sloshed noisily. There's a creek not far from here, it said. We can fill this, pour it into the gray water system, and you'll be good to go. Wait, 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 Dex said, getting to their feet. Stop, put that down. Part of them marveled at Mosscap's strength, but that awestruck feeling made them all the more determined to get the robot to stop. Mosscap put the tank down, looking perplexed. What is it? I can't. Dex ran their hand through their hair. I can't let you do this. Why not? Because, because I need to do it. Mosscap looked from the half-full water tank to Dex's body. I don't think you can. Dex frowned, rolled up their wet sleeves, and lifted the tank. Or, at least, they went through the motions of lifting, putting every muscle into the effort. The tank, however, stayed put. Dex could only sort of budge the thing that Mosscap had breezily lifted, even with two hands. Okay, Dex said, annoyed. If you tell me where the creek is, I can tow it there. How? Mosscap asked. Had Mosscap forgotten the wagon? Dex pointed toward it, because obviously, the wagon. The robot shook its head. Your ox bike won't get five feet through the undergrowth. It angled its head toward the barrel. You can't tow this, and you certainly can't carry it. Let me help. Dex frowned. I, I can't, I- Mosscap cocked its head. Why? It just, it feels wrong. You're, you're not supposed to do my work for me. It doesn't feel right. But why? The robot blinked. Oh, because of the factories. Dex looked awkwardly at the ground, ashamed of a past they'd never seen. Mosscap crossed its arms. If you had a friend who was taller than you, and you couldn't reach something, would you let that friend help? Yes, but- But? How is this any different? It's- It's different. My friends aren't robots. The robot mulled that over. So, you see me as more person than object, even though that's very, very wrong. But you can't see me as a friend, even though I'd like to be. Dex had no idea what to say to that. Mosscap leaned its head back and let out an exasperated sigh. Sibling Dex, has it occurred to you that maybe I want to fix this? That I deeply, keenly want to get you where you're going? Not out of charity nor obligation, but because I'm interested? I, Mosscap placed its free hand on Dex's shoulder. I appreciate the intent. I really do. But if you don't want to infringe upon my agency, let me have agency. I want to carry the tank. Dex put up their hands.
Fine, they said. Fine, carry the tank. I don't need your permission either way. Dex stammered. No, I meant... One of Mosscap's eyes quickly switched off, then on again. A wink. I'm teasing. Mosscap walked off the asphalt and into the undergrowth, heading down the hill. Come on, it'll be a lovely walk. Whoa, whoa, wait, Dex said. Mosscap's face wasn't built for annoyance, but it conveyed the feeling all the same. What? A powerful instinct had arisen in Dex. A rule shouted full force by an army of parents and teachers and rangers and public service announcements and road signs. There's no trail. Mosscap looked down at where its feet stood in wild dirt. And? And you... Dex sputtered a bit. Well, maybe you can, but I can't walk off the trail. I shouldn't. The robot stared as though Dex had started speaking a different language. Animals walk through the forest all the time. How do you think trails get made? I don't mean... I don't mean those kind of trails. I mean... They pointed back to the road that connected the world behind to the hermitage ahead. A trail's a trail, Mosscap said. It's just there to make travel easier. And to protect the ecosystem from said travel. Hmm, Mosscap said, considering this point. Like a barrier, you mean. Exactly like a barrier. Better to cut one path through a place than damage the whole thing. But surely that only applies if you're talking about a place that lots of people regularly pass through. Dex shook their head firmly, in synchrony with the teachers and rangers of their youth. Everybody thinks they're the exception to the rule, and that's exactly where the trouble starts. One person can do a lot of damage. Every living thing causes damage to others, sibling Dex. You'd all starve otherwise. Have you ever watched a bull elk mow its way through a bite bulb thicket? I can't say that I have. It's a fine lesson in trampling. Sometimes damage is unavoidable. Often, in fact. I assure you we've both killed countless tiny things in just the last few steps we've taken. Mosscap looked Dex in the eye. You're not making a habit of this. You're not cutting a new trail, or clearing a grove, or, I don't know, having a party out here. You're taking a walk with me, and once that's done, we'll head right back to the road. I assure you the forest will forget you were here in no time. Besides, I'll guide us. I'll tell you if there's something that shouldn't be stepped on. Now will you please follow me to the damn creek? Mosscap continued down the hill, leaving no room for rebuttal. Oh, and you might want to pull up your socks. Dex frowned. Why? There are a lot of things out here that'd love access to flesh as unprotected as yours, Mosscap called as it walked. It's too bad humans don't have fur anymore. It really is helpful in mitigating parasites. But that's good luck for the parasites, though, isn't it? Like you said, they're only acting in their nature. Everything about that statement made Dex question every life decision that had led them to this point. Grumbling, they pulled up their socks until they could feel the threads strain beneath their heels, then followed Mosscap into the woods. For all Dex's protesting about the sanctity of trails, it was only in absence that Dex truly understood what a trail was. They had been on hikes through protected lands before, 
and had ridden through more untended places than they could count in their years on the T route. Those experiences had been soothing, calming, somewhat meditative. It did not take much brain to make your feet follow a path. And that meant your thoughts had ample room to drift and slow. Walking through uncut wilderness was another matter entirely, and Dex felt something primal awaken in them, a laser-focused state of mind they hadn't known they possessed. There was no room for wandering fancies. All Dex could think was, watch the route, go left, that looks poisonous, mind that rock, is that safe, soft dirt, okay, go right, avoid that, careful, 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 with every step. There were dozens of variants, and with each step after, the rules changed yet again. Travel on a trail felt liquid. Travel off of it, Dex was learning, felt sharp as glass. The forest was stunning, however, and in the tiny cognitive gaps between loose gravel, watch that plant over under, careful, Dex registered the undeniable beauty of the place. They were certain they were going to wind up stung or scraped in varied ways before this excursion was done. But once they got the hang of clamoring through the underbrush, they started to enjoy themselves. They smiled, feeling that same fizzing rebelliousness that had made them turn back from hammer strike. This was kind of fun. Mind the burrows, Mosscap said. There have been some productive weasels here. Dex noted the small, regular holes in the ground and treaded carefully around them. Thanks, Dex said. Nobody wants a twisted ankle. Well, that and the apple spiders. Dex froze, missing a step. The what? Apple spiders. They have a mutually beneficial relationship with the weasels. It's marvelous. The weasels provide living space and don't bother them. And the spiders keep larger predators away. How? Oh, they're spectacularly aggressive. Dex moved with the lightest of steps around a burrow hole, its opening covered with moss and detritus that shielded its deeper contents from view. Why are they called apple spiders? Because of their size. Mosscap rounded its fingers together, making a sphere. The abdomens alone are about, got it. Great, thank you, Dex said. They hurried on tiptoe through the burrow patch, as though it were made of hot coals. Dex heard the stream before they reached it, marveling at how rapidly the forest changed in proximity to a water source. Deciduous leaves mingled with the formerly homogeneous evergreens. Strange lilies and swamp lanterns outnumbered the ferns and thorny vines. Mosscap used its free arm to hold back the branches of a large bush, giving Dex safe passage to the waterway on the other side. There we are. Mosscap said, plenty to drink. Dex looked down at the stream. Under any other circumstances, it would have seemed lovely. Water tumbled over rocks, both smooth and multi-hued. Dappled sun caught in the currents like glitter. And the percussive melody of endless aquatic cascade seemed perfectly tuned to put a frazzled mind at ease. But Dex wasn't there to look at the stream. Dex was there to take from the stream, and that fact made them note other details. The weird brown algae that coated rocks like fur, 
The mildewy funk emanating from the spongy soil at stream's edge, the slimy fish and skimming bugs, and better-left nameless leavings traveling under, the cadaver-colored leaves floating over. What's the matter? Mosscap asked. Dex pursed their lips. This is going to sound very stupid, they said. I doubt that, said Mosscap. I know where water comes from, Dex said at last. I know that every drop that comes out of every tap comes from a place like this. I know that the water in the city comes largely from the Mallet River, and the water in Haydale comes from Raptor Ridge. But I've never been to those places. They're just names, concepts. I know that water comes from rivers or streams or whatever, and then it gets processed and cleaned, and then it ends up in my mugs. But I don't, I don't think about it. I don't think about a place like this being something that I can use. This doesn't look like a resource to me. It's, it's scenery. It's a pretty picture. It's not for the taking. It certainly doesn't feel safe. Mosscap watched the stream for a moment. Do you think the tank will be all right if we leave it here for a short while? I guess. Why? Mosscap set the tank down with a thunk. If you are up for a bit more of a walk, the robot said, I'd like to show you something. The decrepit building had been a beverage bottling plant once, though Dex would not have known this if Mosscap hadn't explained. All factory-age ruins looked the same, hulking towers of boxes, bolts, and tubes. Brutal. Utilitarian. Visually at odds with the thriving flora now laying claim to the rusted corpse. But corpse was not an apt word for this sort of building, because a corpse was a rich resource, a bounty of nutrients ready to be divided and reclaimed. The buildings Dex was most used to fit this description. Decay was a built-in function of the city's towers, crafted from translucent casein and mycelium masonry. Those walls would, in time, begin to decompose, at which point they'd either be repaired by materials grown for that express purpose, or, if the building was no longer in use, be reabsorbed into the landscape that had hosted it for a time. But a factory-age building, a metal building, that was of no benefit to anything beyond the small creatures that enjoyed some temporary shelter in its remains. It would corrode until it collapsed, that was the most it would achieve. Its only legacy was to persist where it did not belong. Dex had seen such ruins many times in their travels. Well, some had been harvested for recyclable materials, and others had been given new purpose. A few were left in full sight of the highways as reminder of the world that was. Repeating history that had left living memory was an all-too-human tendency— and none in Panga had been alive during the days of the factories. So while Dex had seen places like the bottling plant at a distance, they'd never gotten close before. They'd never stood inside a factory as they did now. The building was enormous, cavern-like, an endless equation of I-beams and angles. There was no telling what the floor had been once, for the forest had consumed it. There were fiddleheads, mushrooms, tangles of thorns, all growing thickest below the disintegrating holes in the ceiling 
where the patchy sun poured through. What do you know about this place? Dex said in a hush. Mosscap stood beside them, gazing up at the eerie light. Almost nothing, it said, except for what this place was. And that part of me doesn't like it here. Dex turned. What do you mean? I don't know, Mosscap shrugged. It's a remnant I have. Again that word, and again no explanation before the robot continued blithely along. I think it's part of why I want to go to the hermitage with you. I want to understand this feeling before I dive fully into human life. Some part of me is afraid of your world. But I don't know what that means, or if it's worth listening to. Do you not remember how things were? Mosscap stared at Dex. Wait, do you? No, you can't think I come from the factories. Dex stared right back. Don't you? The robot laughed, the sound echoing off the walls. Sibling Dex, of course not. I'm wild built. We wouldn't be having this conversation if I'd been in operation since the factories. I mean, look at me. It held out its arms, as if showing off an obvious joke. The joke was not obvious. Oh, goodness, you, you really don't know. I'm so sorry. It was foolish of me to assume. Mosscap gestured at its body with professorial deliberateness. My components are from factory robots, yes. But those individuals broke down long ago. Their bodies were harvested by their peers, who reworked their parts into new individuals, their children. And then, when they broke down, their parts were again harvested and refurbished and used to build new individuals. I'm part of the fifth build. See? Look. It lay its metal hand on its stomach. My torso was taken from small quail nest, and before them, it belonged to blanket ivy and otter mound and termites, and before that, it opened up a compartment in its chest, switched on a fingertip light, and illuminated the space within. Dex peeked inside, and their eyes widened. There was an official-looking plate bolted in there, worn with time, but kept clean with meticulous care. 643-14G, it read. Property of Westcon Textiles, Inc. Shit, Dex whispered. It felt in that moment like time had compressed, like history was no longer segmented into ages and eras, but here, living, now. You can touch it if you like, Mosscap said. I'm not going to reach inside your chest. Why not? Because, no. Dex stuck their hands in their pockets. So your body, this 643, was a manufacturing bot. The torso, yes. But see, this is why I didn't realize you didn't realize, because it's so blatant to me. Mosscap stuck out its arms. These are from a different robot altogether. Panarch 73319 who composed Morning Fog, who composed Mouse Bones, who composed Sandstone, who composed Wolf and Fawn, who composes me now. Panarch 73319 did automobile assembly. See? 
You can tell by the joints. Dex took a Mosscap's word for that. And you don't have their memories. Not in a way that is useful. I have some impressions of them, single images, feelings I know aren't mine. They're tiny, brief things. They're for an instant and gone, just as fast. The meaning clicked. Remnants, Dex said. Precisely. And one of those remnants is afraid of places like this. Perhaps afraid is too strong a word. Wary, cautious, a little uncomfortable. Dex leaned against a massive rusted vat, taking the weight off their tired feet. How many other robots are you made from? Three immediate predecessors, but they too were made from others. My, I guess you'd say family tree, is comprised of many wild-built individuals, descended in total from, the robot counted on its fingertips, 16 factory originals. So, if the parts still work after all this time, and you can keep repurposing parts over and over, why take the originals apart and mix their pieces up after they break down? Why not fix them? Mosscap nodded emphatically, signaling a good point made. This was discussed at length at the first gathering, after originals began breaking down. Ultimately, the decision was that would be a less desirable path forward. But that's... that's immortality. How is that less desirable? Because nothing else in the world behaves that way. Everything else breaks down and is made into other things. You. You are made of molecules that originated in an unmeasurable amount of organisms. You eat dozens of dead things every single day to maintain your form. And when you die, bits of you will be taken in turn by bacteria and beetles and worms. And so it goes. We robots are not natural beings. We know this. But we're still subject to the parent god's laws, just like everything else. How could we continue to be students of the world if we don't emulate its most intrinsic cycle? If the originals had simply fixed themselves, they'd be behaving in opposition to the very thing they desperately sought to understand. The thing we're still trying to understand. Dex put their hands in their pockets. Are you afraid of that? They asked. Of death? Of course. Mosscap said, all conscious things are. Why else do snakes bite? Why do birds fly away? But that's part of the lesson too, I think. It's very odd, isn't it? The thing every being fears most is the only thing that's for certain. It seems almost cruel to have that so... So baked in? Yes. Dex nodded. Like Wynne's paradox, I don't know what that is. Dex groaned softly, trying to summon a book they'd had to read as an initiate. It's this famous idea that life is fundamentally at odds with itself. The example usually used is the wild dogs in the shrublands. Do you know about this? I know there are wild dogs in the shrublands, but I don't know where you're headed, Mosscap said, looking fascinated. Dex shut their eyes, dredging up dusty information. Way back in the day, people killed all the wild dogs in Blue Bank. 
because they wanted to go fishing and hiking and whatever without maybe getting mauled. Right, and that wrecked the ecosystem there. Specifically, the elk wrecked the ecosystem there. They ventured into places they hadn't before, and they ate everything. Shrubs, saplings, everything. Soon, there was no ground cover, and the soil was eroding. And it was fucking up waterways, and all sorts of other species were thrown out of whack because of it. A huge mess. But if you think about it from the elk's perspective, this is the greatest thing that ever happened. The whole reason they never went into those fields before is because they were afraid. They lived under constant fear of a wild dog jumping out and eating them or their young at any moment. That is an awful way to live. It must have been such a relief to be free of predators and eat whatever the hell you wanted. But that was the exact opposite of what the ecosystem needed. The ecosystem required the elk to be afraid in order to stay in balance. But elk don't want to be afraid. Fear is miserable, as is pain, as is hunger. Every animal is hardwired to do absolutely anything to stop those feelings as fast as possible. We're all just trying to be comfortable and well-fed and unafraid. It wasn't the elk's fault. The elk just wanted to relax. Dex nodded at the ruined factory. And the people who made places like this weren't at fault either, at least not at first. They just wanted to be comfortable. They wanted their children to live past the age of five. They wanted everything to stop being so fucking hard. Any animal would do the same. And they do, if given the chance. Just like the elk. Just like the elk. Mosscap nodded slowly. So, the paradox is that the ecosystem as a whole needs its participants to act with restraint in order to avoid collapse. But the participants themselves have no inbuilt mechanism to encourage such behavior, other than fear. Other than fear, which is a feeling you want to avoid or stop at all costs. The hardware in Mosscap's head produced a steady hum. Yes, that is a mess, isn't it? Sure is. So what was done? You mean about the elk? Yes. They reintroduced wild dogs, and everything balanced back out. What about the people who wanted to go hiking and fishing there? They don't. Or if they do, they accept the risks, just like the elk do. The robot continued to nod. Because the alternative outcome is scarier than the dogs. You're still relying on fear to keep things in check. Pretty much. Dex leaned their head back, getting a good look at the ceiling. There was an eerie beauty to it, grotesque and tragic. The vat behind them echoed softly as they moved their head, and they thought of the water tank sitting unguarded by the stream. Why did you bring me here? I wanted to show you that I understood how you felt about the algae. Dex hated few things as much as feeling lost. I'm not following. The algae in the stream, that's what bothered you, wasn't it? I'm not sure. I guess so. There was a lot of weird gunk in there. I know it won't hurt me. I know it's going to be filtered out. But something... I don't know. Mosscap smiled. Some part of you doesn't like it. Right. The metal smile grew wider. A remnant. An evolutionary remnant trying to keep you from getting sick. Dex scratched the back of their neck. Hmm. Remnants are powerful things, hard to ignore. 
but you have the sense and the tools to avoid getting sick from that water. And I, Mosscap traced a finger along the vat, making flakes of rust fall like snow. I know that the world I'm headed to is not the world the originals walked away from. Dex angled their head toward the robot. So we're smarter than our remnants is what you're saying. Mosscap gave a slow nod. If we choose to be. It brushed its palms together, wiping them clean. That's what makes us different from Elk. They both watched the light for a few moments. The light and the pollen dancing within it. A shadow of a bird sailed by. A delicate spider meticulously lay anchor lines of silk between old control levers. A vine stretched its movement out of sync with human time. It's pretty here, Dex said. I wouldn't have imagined I'd say that about a place like this, but... Yes, it is, Mosscap said, as if making a decision within itself. It is. Dying things often are. Dex raised an eyebrow. That's a little macabre. Do you think so? Said Mosscap with surprise. Hmm. I disagree. It absently touched a soft fern growing nearby, petting the fronds like fur. I think there's something beautiful about being lucky enough to witness a thing on its way out. Chapter 6 Grass Hen with Wilted Greens and Caramelized Onion One of Dex's many, many cousins back in Haydale had a young kid named Ogie. Someday in the undefined future, Ogie would be brilliant. But for the time being, they were annoying as hell. Whenever Dex came to visit, Ogie hovered the entire time, asking question after question, wanting to know everything there was to know about Dex's shoes, teeth, bike, friends, hair, home, habits. The kid never stopped. Dex remembered one night in particular when they'd been seated around the fire pit with the other adults. All of a sudden, Ogie, who had long since been put to bed, came marching into the circle in cotton pajamas, imbued with a level of confidence Dex could not remember ever possessing, demanding to know why feet had toes and why toes couldn't be more like fingers. Bedtime be damned, Ogie had to know. Ogie came to mind as Dex attempted to cook dinner with Mosscap watching wrapped over their shoulder, so close that Dex could hear every minuscule click in the robot's joints. And that? Mosscap asked, nodding toward the chopping board. I'm unfamiliar with that type of bulb. This is an onion, Dex said. They removed the skin and began to chop. There can't be many nutrients in that. Not that you can process anyway. I, I don't know, I guess not. But that's not the point of an onion. Mosscap angled its head so it was looking straight at Dex's face. Much, much too close. What is the point of an onion? It asked with intense interest. It's delicious, Dex said. There's basically nothing savory that can't be improved by adding an onion. They stopped mid-chop and rubbed their eyes with their sleeve. Are you all right? Yeah, Dex said, tear ducts unleashing. Onions just 
hurt. They, ah, fuck. They rubbed their eyes harder, taking a steadying breath. Their smell is, it does this. They gestured vaguely at their wincing, wet face. Goodness, Mosscap said. It picked up one of the chopped slivers between two fingertips, examining carefully. It must be very delicious. Dex chopped as fast as safety would allow, then darted away from the kitchen, seeking some clean air. Gods, that onion was potent. Mosscap appeared right beside them again, its blue eyes fixed on Dex's weeping ones. How long does this reaction last? Is there any danger? Can I help? Dex rubbed and rubbed, but their eyes would not stop burning. You could get the onion started, if you want, they said. Mosscap looked as though it had just been told that today was a festival day. What do I do? It asked gleefully. Dex pointed. The pan's already hot. Throw some butter in it. Mosscap picked up both knife and butter tub as if it had never held those objects before, which, of course, it hadn't. How much butter? Like, Dex approximated a size with thumb and forefinger. That much. The robot carved out a hunk of butter, roughly that much, and put it into the pan. And what is the point of butter? It asked, raising its voice over the sizzling. It's fat, Dex said. Nothing tastes good without fat. Mosscap considered this. I think most omnivores would agree, it said. What do I do now? Brush all those onion bits into the pan, except the skin and the top. Those go in the digester. The robot gestured at the scraps with the tip of the knife. These you do not eat. Right. I see. Mosscap brushed the onion into the pan, as requested, and put the scraps in the digester, as requested. It then drew its full attention to the chemistry happening within the pan. You're the only species that does this, you know. Dex walked back to the kitchen, the onion's assault finally relenting. You could say that about a lot of things. Hmm, true. But you can turn that right back around. Owls are the only birds that hunt at night. Tiger beetles are the only species of beetle that sing. Marsh mice, I get the point. Dex ducked into the wagon, opened the little fridge, and retrieved a growler of barley ale they'd been given in Stag Hollow. There was just enough left for one last glass, and this felt like the right day for it. Mosscap noted the bottle and chuckled. Oh, you're definitely not the only species who does that. You know what this is? Yes, I have a remnant of beer, of knowing what beer is, anyway. You remember beer, but not butter. Mosscap shrugged. Ask the originals, not me. So, wait, what else drinks beer? Not beer, fermented things. Woolwing birds will fight over fermented fruit if they can find it, even if there's fresh fruit around. They are tremendously ridiculous afterward. Something occurred to Mosscap, and it leaned toward Dex, eyes shining bright. Will you do the same? Stumbling in circles, falling down. The robot's tone suggested that it sincerely hoped this to be the case. No, Dex said. I'm having one beer. And that's not... Enough to make me falling down drunk, no. Ah, Mosscap said, 
disappointed. What will be the effect then? I'll feel chill. You probably won't notice a difference. Oh, well, all right. The robot looked to the onions. Should I be doing something? I'll take over, Dex said, as they filled a mug. They took a swig and savored the cool, bitter bite before finding a spatula. See, you stir them around, like this. Mosscap watched Dex's motions studiously. May I try, it asked. I feel somewhat invested in this now. Dex smiled. Sure, I'll get the meat going. They returned to the fridge, fetching a paper-wrapped bundle containing skillful cuts of grass hen, given to them by a grateful villager. It was the last of their fresh animal protein, they noted, and their veggie supply would run out in a couple days, maybe three. They weren't used to going this long between restocking in villages, but they'd be all right. They'd had tons of dehydrated food in the wagon, at least two weeks of meals in there, they guessed, none of which ever got used. They unwrapped the poultry and began seasoning, focusing on that task instead of questions like, how long they planned on being out there, and why they were out there in the first place, and whether it might be a good idea to interrogate the fervent little desire that didn't want to go back at all. Dex found the salt and the pepper instead. I don't see you eat animals very often, Mosscap said. Not if I'm the one doing the cooking, Dex said. I always eat it if it's served to me. And I take stuff like this. They nodded at the meat, if it's given. Otherwise, I only like to eat it if I kill it myself. Do you have the skill for that? I can fish, but it's really boring. And I've been hunting a handful of times, but never alone. I don't think I'd get anywhere with it on my own. Mosscap lifted the pan to show Dex the onions. Do these look right? Dex assessed. Yeah, you're doing great. The robot beamed, stirring with pride. Dex chopped and prepped the grass hen, eventually sliding the savory morsels into the pan and adding a huge handful of leafy greens on top. Silence fell between Dex and Mosscap yet again. But this time, there wasn't anything awkward about it. Honestly, Dex thought. It was kind of nice. Oh, hey, Dex said. Something in the surrounding foliage had caught their eye. They picked up a kitchen knife and handed it to Mosscap. Do you see that plant over there, the scraggly one with the purple flowers? Mosscap looked. Do you mean the mountain thyme? Yeah, exactly. Would you like to cut me a handful? It'll go really nice with this. The robot's irises widened. I've never harvested a living thing for food before. You cooked the onion? Yes, but I wasn't the one who removed it from the ground. It looked pensively at the knife in its hands. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it's one thing to watch, but- Hey, that's okay, Dex said reassuringly. I'll do it, just keep stirring. Mosscap did so, looking relieved. Herbs were cut, dinner was plated. Chairs were unfolded, the fire drum was lit. There weren't too many bugs beyond the fireflies, and the evening air was pleasant but Dex pursed their lips toward the hot dinner plate perched on their knees. Something wasn't right. They hadn't properly enjoyed a meal since Mosscap had arrived, and at first they'd chalked it up to the weirdness at hand. But cooking together had been comfortable, 
Why wasn't eating? Mosscap sat across from them, in the spare chair, posture attentive, face parked in happy neutral, hands resting on its knees. It smiled at Dex, waiting for them to begin. Dex picked up their fork. The meat was cooked to tender perfection. Spices blackened around the crispy edges. The vegetables looked soft and sweet. And ale was on hand, ready to wash the whole thing down. Dex stabbed a bite, lifted their fork, opened their mouth, and... That's it! Mosscap blinked. That's what? Dex set their fork back down. I figured out what's wrong. Is... Mosscap glanced around. Is something wrong? Yes. Dex drummed their fingers on the armrest. I can't offer you food. The robot's confusion increased. I don't eat. I know, I know you don't eat, and yet... They gestured at their plate with a sigh. It feels so incredibly rude to not offer you anything, especially since you helped. Mosscap looked at Dex's plate. There's physically no way for me to consume that. I know. Putting that inside me would harm me or attract animals. Mosscap considered the latter point. That could be interesting, actually. Dex narrowed their eyes. You can't bait yourself. Why not? It's a possibility I've never considered. I have bugs inside me all the time. Why not a ferret? That could be fun. Sure, or a bear. Ah, Mosscap said. Yes, you're right. I couldn't guarantee a small scavenger. The robot bowed its head at the dismissed opportunity, then perked right back up. Sorry, we were talking about food. You needn't worry about it, sibling Dex. I know you'd offer me food if I could eat it. That's not... A lock of hair tumbled into Dex's eyes, and they fixed it, frowning. I don't know if I can explain how fundamental this is. If someone comes to your table, you feed them. Even if it means you're a little hungrier. That's how it works. Logically, I get that our circumstances are different. But everything in me just crawls when we do this. I feel like somewhere my mother is pissed at me. So this is a familial expectation. Dex had never examined this before. Hmm, cultural. I'd find it rude if I went to anyone's home and wasn't offered food. I can't think of a time when I wasn't. But, yeah. My family was particularly serious about this. They work the farmland in Haydale, and it produces a lot of food. We had a surplus. A surplus has to be shared. Mosscap leaned forward. I don't think you've mentioned your family before. You said before that you are from Haydale. You said you left when you were old enough to become an initiate. But you've never talked about your people. I keep in touch. I visit. But we're... I don't know. Estranged? No, Dex said, recoiling. That word didn't fit. Not at all. I love them. They love me. We just... I never really fit there. We don't have much in common. Mosscap considered that. Except a need to share food. A corner of Dex's mouth tugged upward. Yeah, I guess so. They thought for a moment, looking for a way to skirt around this conundrum. I have an idea. Can you hold this a sec? They handed their plate to Mosscap, then got up 
and retrieved a second plate from kitchen storage. Here, Dex said. They took half of the food from the first plate, placed it on the second, and handed this to Mosscap. After a moment of letting their new situation sit, Dex nodded with relief and began to eat with gusto. Mosscap, it seemed, had absorbed their discomfort. It held the plate awkwardly, looking lost as Dex ate. And oh, how Dex ate. The grass hen and veggies were every bit as good as they'd looked. And as Dex stuck the last caramelized sliver of onion into their mouth, they felt nothing but contentment. They set their plate down on their knees, sighed in thanks to their god, then looked up at Mosscap, jutting their chin toward the robot's plate. You gonna eat that? If Mosscap had been confused before, it was in a full state of befuddlement now. We'd just discussed that I... Dex held up their hand. Say, no, I'm done. You can have it if you want. Mosscap's eyes flickered. Um, no, I'm done, it repeated slowly. You can have it if you want. Dex nodded and took Mosscap's plate. Thanks, they said, wasting no time in tucking in. I appreciate it. The robot watched as Dex continued to eat. That's very silly, Mosscap said. Yep, Dex said. And entirely unnecessary. Dex took a gulp of ale and exhaled with pleasure. Worked, though. Mosscap weighed this, then gave an amused nod. Then that's what we'll do. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow Stories from Among the Stars on your preferred podcast app to get the next episode. Or if you just can't wait, you can buy A Psalm for the Wild Built wherever books or audiobooks are sold. Thank you.